thankful this morning that you can be a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. Thank you guys for being here today, choosing uh, on this first, what is it, second day of the year, right? Second day of the year, you guys showed up today, right, to hear a message from God's word. So I'm excited to share with you today. So uh, I was raised in Sanford, graduated from Seminole High School. How, what year you guys think? <laughs> Try and get somebody in trouble. 2001, graduated from Seminole High School. And I trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior at 16 years old. Grew up in church. My dad was actually uh, our student pastor growing up. So you guys imagine that, trying to get away with stuff when your dad's a student minister, right? That's not as easy as I thought, right? Anyway, so I grew up uh, 16 years old, sitting at church in Sanford. I was staring at the chandeliers in the ceiling most of the Sunday mornings that I can remember, right? Because what it would do is it would change the the color of the people's faces in the choir. You guys follow me? And I'll, uh, what you'll find out very quickly with me is I have a, a, some ADHD tendencies. All right, so you're going to see that pretty predominantly today. I apologize for that, There's, but God uses it. Anyway, so I'm looking at the light, turning people's faces. The last Sunday I did that, though, was the time I was looking at my mom's face, and it went from green to normal, and I could see her gritting her teeth. She was mad at me for doing that in the middle of the service, but 16 years old, I, I don't remember the message that was preached. What I knew was that this heritage of faith that had been instilled in me, the fact that my parents <laughs> sometimes literally dragged me to show up to a church on Sunday, right, on Wednesdays whenever it was open, the fact that they did that, all, of, all that time that I had spent in God's word, sometimes reluctantly, it was like the Lord just made it all click in my mind. And all of a sudden I said, yeah, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And it changed everything from that point on. My whole life became different. You guys, this church right here was a part of that growth process for me. How many, how many of you guys are, are 20 years plus here serving here in this community right here? Like one or two. Does somebody raise their hand? They're not even 20, I don't think. But that's cool. Anyway, so... So there were several mission trips that you guys supported me on being a kid in Sanford, right? Grew up here. You guys were able to support me and going on some international mission trips. So, hey, I want to say thank you to you, you guys for that as well. So today we're going to be diving into uh, Psalm chapter 119. There's 176 verses in there. So we got to get moving. They got a timer right here. And I got to get I got to get going. So we're not going to cover all those passages today, all those verses today. We're going to start in 105, then get down to 12. A couple other things I want to say before we dive in. Uh, I want to say thank you. And, and I want to praise God for the people that fill this this spot here on Sunday mornings. You guys with me on that? Yeah. I'm so thankful. So thankful for Pastor Ethan, Pastor Mike and others, Josh, as they come and they serve here. And what I've noticed about them, man, they are so succinct in their messages, aren't they? You can tell they put a lot of work and a lot of preparation and they really put their time into making sure that these things are polished and nice and clean as they present God's word to you. Isn't that amazing? Today, you guys are in for a little bit different experience. Anyway, that's. <laughs> Oh, I was asked today to share about the importance of reading God's word, the importance of reading about God's word. Uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, first Timothy, chapter four, verse eight. 
he tells us that although physical training is important, and you guys can tell I'm a specimen that feels like physical training is important, right? Although it is important, it's more important to train ourselves spiritually. And uh, just as movement is important for your physical training, so spending time in God's word is important for our spiritual training. Uh, For more seasoned people in the room, I've started to notice this as I've gotten older. I will go to bed feeling pretty good physically, not worried about too much. My knee's not hurting anything. I wake up in the morning. All I've done is slept. And I wake up in the morning. It's so hard to get out of bed. You guys hear me in that? It's like every dumb thing I've ever done to my body showed up during the night and said, let's go. Right. So I kind of get out of bed a little slower. And I heard rumor is it gets worse and worse as you go. You know, my dad always told me, he said, man, there's no there's never an injury that's fully healed. It will come back to haunt you like it's coming back. Right. So you guys know, like you get you not moving for a long time, laying in bed. Guess what that does? It's not good for your body not to move. You guys follow me in that? We got to move just so just as movement is important for our body's physical health. So so us reading God's word is important for us to develop spiritually. All right. We're going to look at Psalm 119. I'm going to ask you to stand with me in reverence to God's word. Does an amazing job here giving us a reason to read and know God's word. Oh, let me say this real quick. Uh, we're going to celebrate God's word to us this morning. It's very important. Uh, the reason why it's so important is the God that's behind it. You guys hear me in that? So God, God's word, I love God's word, right? But it's not the end of everything. God is the end of everything. You guys hear me? So this is how he has communicated to us. So we're not putting this on a pedestal in our houses. You guys hear me? We're putting God on a pedestal in our hearts and therefore we read God's word. Just want to be clear on that because you could easily walk away today going, oh, man, that guy loves the Bible. Now, I love Jesus because of what he's done for me. And he uses his word to continue to communicate to me. All right. Psalm 119, I promise, 105 says this. The word. How many of you guys heard this verse before? The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I've sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offering of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for its ability to stir and to move and to work in our hearts. So right now, as we look at this passage, Father, I pray that you would illuminate it in our hearts so we can better serve you, so we can be all that you have called us to be. Thank you for your grace today, dear Lord, that we even have opportunity to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. How many of you guys are familiar with Psalm 119? Any of you guys ever got stuck there? You're like, man, this is so long. 
You guys with me in that? 176 verses in Psalm 119. It's known as the Word of God Psalm. Longest chapter in the Bible. It's an alphabetic. You guys follow me now? Stay with me, okay? I need, your, I need you to be here with me, okay? Okay, somebody's here. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's an alphabetic. Let me say that. Let me try that again. It is an alphabetic acrostic psalm built on the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Isn't that interesting? Each verse starts with a corresponding letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And I tried to learn how to say some of those. Anyway, my seminary professors tried to get me to learn how to say some of those. It didn't stick. Anyway, an old commentator, he referred to the psalm as the Christian's golden ABCs of the praise, love, power, and use of the word of God. So we see from these verses several things that should motivate us to want to read and follow God's word. So the first advantage we see here, verse 105, it says what? The word is a lamp unto my feet and it is a light unto my path. You ever woken up in the middle of the night, right? Lights are all off. Try to go to the bathroom. That Lego that all of a sudden shows up. It quickly reminds you that light is very, very important for us, right? You, you stub your toe in the dark. You begin to go, man, light is so, so important. And with light, you can easily avoid these things. Am I right? You can see the Lego, right? You can see that. You can see the end of the bed before you go. Light is so important. A predominant figure in our culture today, they were addressing grad students at Stanford in 2008. And in their commencement speech, they said this. They said, feelings, feelings are really your GPS system for life. They, they exalted the fact that the, you feeling around in life is really your best guide. What they're telling us is in that is that you have no way of knowing which way to go. The only way you can figure it out is by stubbing your toe and stepping on Legos all the way. That's, that's the best way you can figure out life, according to some of our leading uh, worldly theologians today. Many believe today that we don't need an absolute truth to guide us, but we can rely on our feelings. The problem is our feelings often lie to us and they're not consistent. They're circumstantial. They change all the time. Chemicals in our brain control how we feel. You guys follow me in this? Right. We can add chemicals such as coffee. Right. And it changes our whole precepts. You guys see all the, all the memes, all that kind of stuff that's out there. You know, a coffee a day makes it so you can deal with me, that type of thing, right? Anyway, um, yeah, so, so coffee a day. I, I've heard it on good authority, on good authority, that Pastor Ethan needs to have three cups of Coke Zero before he's even able to do anything, right? Like, you don't even want to know the guy until that happens. Anyway, our feelings... Uh, the problem is our feelings lie to us and they're not consistent. They're circumstances. Some of us don't feel right until we've had a cup of coffee and, and we, don't need, uh, we don't need to feel our way around for the best path. We need a light that's going to help us illuminate it. We need a truth that's going to help illuminate that path. God's truth is the one who does that. His word is a light 
into our path. The one who made us gave us a light. All we have to do is turn it on, folks. That's all we have to do is turn it on. There's another, there's another benefit here that we see from God's word, and it's the idea that we can have confidence because of God's word. In verse 106, he says this, I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. The author here says he has sworn to keep God's righteous judgments. So in those times, in that culture, to swear, to swear something really, really meant something back then. You guys follow me now? now like we kind of use that as a, as a phrase that often in our speech. We're like, oh, yeah, I swear I did that. Right. And you're going, you're just trying to convince me by coming at it with a I swear. Right. Like you didn't really do that. I don't believe you. Right. This kind of this tendency when we say I swear it doesn't mean something as much as it did back in the ancient world. He had seen God's ways as good, and he was going to trust them. He says, he says, I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. As a young man, I, uh, I, I doubted my faith. Uh, there was a lot of times uh, younger, I wasn't committed to being in God's word faithfully, tended to wander from that. I didn't think of it as important. I felt like maybe I could kind of feel my way through things and kind of leaned on my past experiences to help guide me. Right. And, and what I noticed a lot when I was younger was I would struggle with whether or not I was OK with God. You guys ever ever experienced that much in your life where you're just going, maybe you don't want to raise your hand, but you kind of you question in your mind. Oh, man, am I OK with God? Or, does he love me? Really? Does he? Well, as I began to dive into God's word more and more, guess what started to happen to, to my belief system? <laughs> started to have a good foundation on God's word. And because of that good foundation, I stopped doubting as much these things of faith. And I started to really believe that God was who he said he was. And just like the author here, I was able to swear on God's word because I knew he was going to come through, whether in a way good, bad and different. He was going to come through in the way that he felt was uh, to accomplish his righteous rules. The, the author here, he's saying that he had burned the ships because he is confident in God's ways. And where does his confidence come from? It came from knowing God's word. Uh, because, of God, because God's word builds confidence in him and his ways. Another benefit. Let's look at 107. Trying to rush through these a little bit because I want to get the, to the end part here. And that clock keeps ticking. When, when we read and know God's word, we experience a full and real life. Verse 107 says, I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. I want you to see here the writer is telling us that he is afflicted severely. This guy is not writing these 176 passages of Scripture from a mountaintop experience where things are going fantastic in his life. And he's just reflecting on the greatness of God. No, we see in several places, actually, in this psalm that he is, he's in a valley. He's in a hard place. There's a lot of things going on in his life that don't seem to be adding up quite right. He, he's at a point in his life where he's beginning to question whether or not the things that he's read about God are all going to come true. 
It's a testing ground. He says, I, I'm, I'm afflicted severely. But what does he say he's going to do? He goes to God. He says, give me life, O Lord, according to your word. He says, according to his word. He wants things to play out the way that God wants things to play out in his life, not according to what he wants. He wants God's way. And he says, uh, he knows that true life doesn't come according to anything else. You know, as, as we experience life, maybe we try again, like at the beginning, we try and feel things out best we can to try and figure out how to live this life. But this guy, because of what he has experienced up to this valley so far, he has learned that his confidence comes according to what God has done already in the past and will continue to do as he lives according to how God wants him to live. That's his guiding force. That's his confidence. That's where he's going to experience a real, full, rich life. Where do you go when you experience affliction? Where do you go when things are hard? Do you press in or do you run? Do you avoid? I think a lot of us, we get busy. We get busy. We, we try and, uh, you know, in, in times in my life where I've struggled with what God was doing, where I wasn't real sure about the direction that things were going in my life, I, I tend to just kind of put my head down. You guys with me in this? And I'm just going to keep moving forward. That may be not always the best thing to do. I find, I find it better for me to sit and to reflect and to dive into these things via God's word. To hear from God in these tough times. Instead of running away, instead of trying to fill my life with busyness that I can't hear, just trying to press through. Right. Oh, you know what? Once we get through this first year, things will be fine. You guys ever said that before? You know what? We just need some time. Family just needs some time. And, and, and you give me that and, and we're going to be good. Everything's going to be OK. And you never really go to the Lord with these things. You never really hear from him in what he's trying to do. So what that results in is a whole lot of bad theology that you've just kind of conjured up in your mind because you're just going based off of your feelings and you end up way over here when God has called you to be here because you've got it all figured out. No, stop. Let's hear from the Lord in those afflictions, in those times. Like this psalmist says, let's go to the word, according to his word. Truth is, folks, we're all severely afflicted. We, we are all separated from God, and we need to be rescued. We are all in a place where he has sinned. The Bible says that all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. God's provided a rescue for us through Jesus. Jesus told us that he came to give us life, he came to give us life fully, that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and that the only way for us to get to God is through his sacrifice. 
It is by grace that we're saved through faith. So maybe today, maybe today for the first time, you're realizing that, yeah, I am severely afflicted, that I am in trouble, that I do need a Savior. And you want to take God's word as true. You want to trust in that for your salvation. Like this, like, like we're reminded in Scripture, it's by grace through faith. You don't have to do anything. The work has already been done. Jesus Christ dying on the cross, He made a way for our affliction to be healed. And if we put our faith in that, we're saved. It's a beautiful thing. And then we can begin to live a life according, according to His word. So what does the psalmist do in his affliction? He trusts God. He trusts his way, even though, even though it's severely, there's a severe affliction. He trusts God's way. And then we see he offers a sacrifice. Look at verse 108 with me. He says, accept my free will offering of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. In suffering, he chooses to press into God with praise and worship. He doesn't run away to other things. He wants to please God by obeying his rules. This is what knowing and reading God's word can create in us because it reveals a faithful God. And as we see a faithful God in God's word, it stirs us to worship and to love him more. It turns, it's, it's this cycle that begins to develop in us. But just again, as essential as it is for us physically to move, it's essential for us to dive into God's word for this worship and praise to begin to work in us. Verse 109, he says, I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. Verse 110, the wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Since I hold my life in my hand, what we see here is, is the psalmist is trying to describe for us a life, a life that's been hard because he has been faithful to God's word. He says, I, my life, I hold it in my hand. What he's trying to say is I'm existing in this life of faith that I continue to step out here on the edges so that I can live for you, God. And, and now my life is in my hand. Like, and the, the enemy has set a snare. So he's saying people are coming at him because of his life of faith. Because he's choosing these things, the people don't like it because they're going, man, you're, you're really making me uncomfortable all the time with your faith talk, bro. You keep coming at me with, thus saith the Lord. I'm trying to figure this thing out all by myself. And you say that there's a light and there's a direction for me to go. Man, I got time for that. That's, you know, that's really convicting, dude. <laughs> well, that seems like a hard life to live. And the guy's saying, look, it is. But God comes underneath you and guides you and brings you up. He gives you everything you need for this life as you choose him. Everything you need. He comes underneath. He comes underneath. Final stanza here. He says, your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. 
112, it says, I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Look at the cycle here. He saw God faithful in his word. This is how it began for him. As it probably began, it, it began for most of you that way. You saw God faithful. Something happened in your life. There was a moment where you said, yes, you're going to trust God because of his word. And you put your faith and trust in him. And because you saw God as faithful in his word, you can believe that God would be faithful. So he sought to live out a life to see God continue to be faithful. And now, not only does he see and have God's word, but he also has a testimony of a life where he's seeing God faithful as well. You guys hear me in that? It, it began by him first taking that step of faith and trusting that God was going to be all that he says he was going to be. And then as he took those steps of faith, he looked behind him and saw what? That there's still ground by God's grace. That he's walked the path by God's grace. And there was a built this big testimony of God's faithfulness. Man, I can't wait for the day. I cannot wait for the day where God allows me to sit on a front porch up in the mountains because that's where I want to be, right? <laughs> and I'm old gray and just the family, the, everybody's coming around, man, and we're sipping coffee on the, front tour, on the front porch. This is probably heaven, by the way. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> probably ain't going to happen here. But we're all sitting there going, look at, look at all he's done. We were afflicted greatly. We, we lived a life of faith where we're out here and sometimes it felt like we were all alone. But look at what God did. Look at how he came through. You guys with me in that? Like, that's the testimony. That's the life that I want to experience. And what it says here in this passage is that it just it just stirs joy even thinking about that. And he says, because of that, I'm going to be true to your word forevermore to the end, because you show yourself strong all the time, every time, even when we don't see it, even when we don't know, even when we're unsure. He shows himself faithful. This, this is the God. So we look at this passage today. My hope is that as we look at it, your heart is stirred to want to be in God's word. Because look at what it gives us here. God's word, it gives us direction. It helps build a confidence in our God. That he's going to be sure. It provides wisdom on real life and not that phony stuff when stuff is just going good. You guys follow me? Like real life in, in the trenches, it gives us what real life looks like. And it gives us something to build it on. It leads us to a courageous, faithful, obedient life. And it encourages us with the testimonies of faithfulness. There's many times, guys, I go to God's word just because I want to see God do what he promises he's going to do. I just go and I open it and I hear about my God and his faithful ways and it spurs me on to want to continue knowing that he's going to show up in my life just like he promised he would. 
just like he's done for others in the past. He's good. The Bible says, the Bible says about the Bible. You guys follow me in this? Okay, stay with me. The Bible says about itself that it is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. The Bible says that the Bible is God-breathed. You guys hear me in that? It's God-breathed. The very words of God, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The Bible says, the Bible says that it's able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. It's God's word to us. It's vital. It's vital. I hope this passage that it's convinced you that God's word is necessary in your life. But just, just being convinced of that today isn't enough. Because what we see in scripture is that as people connect with God's word and they hear what he has to say, it moves them into the next step of whatever God's leading them to do. You guys hear me in that? Like, it's not just a, you walk out of here today, you're like, I am convinced that God's word is good. And it has a lot of good things for me. And that's all you get? <laughs> you really haven't engaged God's word. <laughs> I believe that God has a next step for you today. If, if you have not already obeyed God's word by trusting Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to offer an opportunity for you to do that today. We, they have a number, if they don't mind throwing that slide up because I don't have that number memorized, right? But they have a number that you can, you can text to today and you just put your name on there and whatever else. You can tell them a story if you want, I think, right? They can tell them. Anyway, you can text, you can text that number and there is somebody at the other end of that line that's going to want to talk to you about what it is to have faith in Jesus Christ, what it really looks like. And again, it's, it's simple. It's by grace through faith. We just trust in what Jesus has already done for us. It's enough. Trust in that. Put your faith in that. And you're saved, is what the Bible says. So if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I encourage you right now, do that. You can simply just say to him, Father, I trust you. I trust in the work that Jesus did on the cross. Thank you for saving me. And he will. He will. Also, there's a room back here, the Next Steps room. It's on the right-hand side as you go out these doors. As you leave today, stop in and say, hey, I just want more information on what it is to follow Jesus. Somebody would be happy to help you. If all else fails, I'm kind of tall and you can see me in the crowd. Not just kidding. Anyway, but I love the opportunity to share with you who Jesus is and what he's done for me. So if you haven't done that, that's where it really begins, folks. That's where it really begins in you being able to take those next steps. But if you're a believer in here and you're convinced that you need to read and know God's word more, maybe how many of you are like me and you struggle with the idea of having to read a book every day, right? Like anybody, just me, okay. Right. How many guys have started those reading the Bible plans and you get to Leviticus and you're like, I don't even know what's going on in here no more. 
like who, who's even talking, right? It's, it's God, by the way, the whole time. Anyway, but right, I, I'm with you. I've started those Bible plans a million times and I struggle with them. So I, wanna, I, I just want to give you some tips, just some things that I've learned. Uh, one of the questions I get a lot of times is where to start. I hate this question. I, if you're a Bible leader in here, like I, I'm always like, I don't, I don't really know. Like there's so much good stuff there. It kind of matters where I'm reading, what I'm doing. Like you, got, you should read this right here. Um, if you don't have much church experience, I would say jump into the book of John. You're going, where's the book of John? Let me help you, right? Most people, they go, hey, I'm going to read the Bible. And they start with the first page. Okay, praise God. All right, like I said, you're going to get to some things really quickly that you're going to need some help on, I promise. But uh, the book of John is good. If you've been around church and, and church life for a while, I'd encourage you to jump in the book of Ephesians. You guys, right, it starts with an E, all right, Ephesians. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> lately, I've been toying with the idea of having people start with the book of Acts, I don't know why, it's just, I love that book. Like, there's some history there, so it kind of keeps you, anyway, that's just me. So where to start? I don't know. Let me say this, I encourage you to find somebody. Find somebody that you look up to spiritually. Maybe get involved in one of our small groups that we have available here. Find one of the Bible leaders in there and ask them where to start. Because they can get to know you a little bit, kind of where you're at in life, and maybe give you some more guidance in what that looks like. But here's the important thing. Once you start, don't, don't start skipping around. You guys hear me in that? That's something else I've learned. Like, don't just start skipping around. I know some people are like, you know, I like the U version. Any of you guys got the U version Bible app? There, there's some good stuff on there. But I have some people that they just start doing the verse of the day. Like, I just read the verse of the day. That's, that's great. It's really good to read the Bible in context, though. You know what I mean by that? Like, read a whole thought. You don't just kind of get little thoughts out there. That's how you get all messed up theologically, and you kind of get off squirrely, like I tend to be. Anyway, context is important. Give you two resources. Uh, GotQuestions.org uh, got is a great spot, if you guys want Great, great spot, gotquestions.org. And then the YouVersion Bible app. Um, establish a rhythm. I still have time. I hear the music starting, but I got time. <laughs> establish a rhythm and stick with it. That's what I found to be the best. How many of you guys, good Bible readers in here, agree with me in that? You find a rhythm and you just got to... You miss a day, guess what you do? <laughs> you go again. Right? How many of you guys are like me and it took you four years to read the Bible in one year? <laughs> That's okay. Don't, don't let the mundane get you. You know what I mean? You read a passage and it's a list of names <laughs> and you go, what is this even? I don't even know. Read it. <laughs> read it. Let God use it. You never know. You never know. It's the consistency that begins to build in you this life of faith that we can live out the things that God has called us to be. You're going to have those, you're going to have those days you read scripture and it's going to blow your mind. You're going to be like, why haven't I seen this verse before? And then there's going to be some days it's just a Monday. <laughs> it's okay. Keep moving. Keep reading. Um, it's a sprint. It's not a marathon. Frederick Nietzsche said this, it's a long obedience in the same direction. 
Set low expectations and overachieve. overachieve. That's not biblical, but I tend to live my life that way so that I don't get all stressed out, right? <laughs> low expectations, overachieve. It makes you feel good to fill in the little circles. You know what I mean? Like get those little, di- hey, you've read one verse today. And we're like, yes, I can read two. Right? <laughs> it's good. Uh, and then I think probably the last thing, you got you to gotta have something to share as you read God's word. And then you have to have someone to share it with. Just motivates you to continue to stay in it. Something to share and something and someone to share it with. I don't believe we should ever engage God's word and it should just terminate on us. Because remember, it's living and active. It's God breathed. It's supposed to move forward. Questions I ask as I read scripture. What does this passage say about God? What does this passage say about people? And based off of those things, how should I be obedient? So for me, it's early in the morning before all my kids wake up. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all can't do nothing once the kids wake up? Like it's just done. So it's early in the morning. Sit down, open God's word. Pick a verse off my reading plan. What does this say about God? What does this say about people? How can I be obedient? Pray, ask the Lord to help me. And then by that point, the kids are up and hopefully that has made an impact enough that it changes how I engage the rest of my day. You guys follow me in that? By God's grace. The goal, the goal of reading God's word is to know God more. That's the goal, because as we get to know him more, we're going to live for him more. And our lives are going to be forever changed. Because that's what God's word does.